0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Tuesday, June 21st. Each week on the podcast, we try to take a look at the big news in state politics and government and all eyes on both sides of the state line are now directing their gaze on six weeks from today, August 2nd, the date of primary elections in both Kansas and Missouri. On the Kansas side, the top of the ballot races in the primary don't hold too much drama. Republican U.S. Senator Jerry Moran is expected to win his primary and looks very strong no matter which Democrat he faces in the general election. And in the gubernatorial race, there will be little mystery in August. Democratic incumbent Governor Laura Kelly will likely end up facing current Attorney General Derek Schmidt, a Republican. Stay tuned for that battle in November. On the Missouri side, attention is now focused on the U.S. Senate race to succeed the retiring Republican Roy Blunt, who voters pick in this midterm and in a few other key races will surely determine the balance of power in Washington. With both the Democratic and Republican primaries too close to call here in Missouri at this point, we thought it was time to check in with Rudy Keller. He's a reporter with the Missouri Independent who's covering the race, and I spoke with him recently on KCUR's daily talk show, Up to Date. Understandably, the Republican race dominates the headlines in this increasingly ruby red state. But let's start with the Democrats who do hope to make a good showing here, especially against certain potential GOP opponents. Tell us about the leading, but just barely leading candidate, Lucas Kuntz.
1: Well, Mr. Kuntz is a Marine Reserve officer. He's trained as an attorney and he works for a Washington, D.C., group But he spends most of his time in Missouri, obviously, right now running for the U.S. Senate. He's been very successful as a fundraiser, and he's just put out a news release earlier this week that he had exceeded 100,000 small donations, I think it was. Let me double check that. It might have been 10,000, but let me. So he, well, I don't want to be I don't want to be inaccurate.
0: Well, he's clearly been he's been the, the top fundraiser for a long time in the race, and he seemed to have a very good shot at being the nominee until nearly the last day of the candidate filing period when suddenly a first time candidate with a well-known Missouri name entered the race. Who is Trudy Bush Valentine? Well, she is the daughter of the man who used
1: to own Anheuser-Busch Brewery. And so therefore, she is a member of one of the wealthiest families in the United States um, with billions of dollars in total assets. We'll learn soon how much she's willing to spend on that from for her campaign, because the next campaign finance reports are not expected until mid-July. And that means that since she got into the race Right at the end of March, the, towards the end of the first quarter, the only thing we know is that she spent
0: about nine hundred dollars to get started. So, other than the fact that she comes from a wealthy family, uh, what, how is she establishing herself as a as a political figure, as a as a potential elected leader? It's been kind of a slow rollout. You know, she's she's wanted to emphasize
1: her nursing career and what that means in terms of her sensitivities on healthcare. She has talked about her son's death from opioids and what that means for her in terms of how she wants to address the opioid crisis, but I have not been alerted to any public event where she, through her campaign, is letting us know that we can see her in person. So at this point, she is doing some traveling, but generally we hear about it when they post something on social media after the fact.
0: There's not a huge amount of polling in that Democratic race. Uh, And what polling there has been uh, has shown that uh, Lucas Kuntz and and Trudy Bush-Valentine are both are are pretty close, maybe around 10%. No one else has more than about 3% in that race. Uh, And that means about two out of three voters are undecided. What does that situation mean for this race from here on out? Well, it's pretty much wide open.
1: The spending on advertising and get out the vote will be crucial in the next six weeks. The third candidate who is running a full-scale campaign is Spencer Toter. He's a businessman with a liberal sensibility from St. Louis, um, involved with housing. And when I say full-scale campaign, it's because of these polls that we mm-hmm. are so few that we don't know exactly where anybody is making um, their case and where the, where they're finding support in the in the race. Mr. Toter, for example, is the three percent candidate. But I call I say they're full scale campaigns because Mr. Toter has raised several hundred thousand dollars for his campaign, and none of the other. There are actually eleven candidates on the Democratic ballot. None of the others have raised more than 11,000. They have social media presence, but they're um, gonna have to find some sort of lightning to set them on fire and for the final six weeks.
0: Race like this money uh, is what gets you across the finish line. So so let's switch over to the Republicans, who of course are favored no matter who the nominee is. Uh, Rudy, the candidate who wins the Republican primary, will be the candidate who, what? Is it the one who gets Trump's endorsement? Is it the one who proves the most conservative? What's the key to winning this race for the Republicans? It's taking the undecideds
1: because they're the leading candidate in the polls so far. The most recent poll showed 27% of of Republicans are undecided. And uh, former Governor Greitens, who has led most polls that have been released publicly, um, had about 26%. So, The Trump endorsement could play a big a big role in something like this, Um, it looks like he's waiting if he's going to endorse he he wants to do it late, and And that will be a big boost, and I know Billy long the congressman from Springfield who's represented the seventh district for a dozen years, he is very eager to receive that endorsement.
0: But also very far back in the polls, uh, former Governor Eric Greitens, as you mentioned, uh, leading with about 26%. The line against him, uh, is, uh, the one of the lines that his opponents in the Republican primary are using, is that he would be vulnerable to losing the seat to Democrats in a way the other candidates aren't because he left the office of governor in disgrace. Does that appear to be true? The polling would indicate
1: that he is the weakest of the Republican candidates, but the po- more recent the recent polls also show him winning it should he be nominated. And mm-hmm. um, while, yes, he has the baggage of resigning as governor in disgrace, and the current controversy around his personal habits is his ex-wife, Sheena Greitens, who has uh, accused him of spousal and child abuse in a case in Boone County. But I had an opportunity to go out And talked to some people in Randolph County um, in north central Missouri the other day. Mr. Greitens was supposed to go have a campaign appearance that got canceled late, but I went anyway because I didn't know it was going to be canceled. And while they weren't completely decided, the folks who were there who said that they are willing to listen to any of the candidates said that Eric Greitens is still a very viable candidate
0: yeah. in rural Missouri. So there's really pretty much a wait-and-see attitude yeah. on on him. So the other the other candidates near the – closer to the top of the polls, a few points back from Greitens jockeying to kind of be the alternative to him are State Attorney General Eric Schmidt and Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. Uh, those two uh, both want to be the alternative to Greitens, but they're both running very different campaigns, aren't they?
1: Yes. Um, Mr. Schmidt is – continuing to make his role as attorney general the the centerpiece of his campaign as he continuously rolls out challenges to actions of the biden administration he has renewed his efforts to prevent school districts from using masks to limit the spread of covid by filing new court cases this summer yesterday though he got a loss in one of those big Mm -hmm. cases columbia public schools Has not had masks for four months. And the judge said that the case was now moot. And
0: if you want to get a ruling, a final ruling on this, there are other venues. Congresswoman Hartzler, on the other hand, has not been um, as as sort of uh, out there in the the confrontational approaches. Uh, She did pick up the endorsement of uh, the other senator, Josh Hawley, of course. Yes, but she has used her advertising and her public
1: statements. She has not been shy about targeting. Eric Greitens in subtle and direct ways. For one, she said when she filed, she wouldn't vote for him this fall if he were the Republican nominee. And in, a, um, in her first, one of her first ads, alluded to the scandal that drove him from office as governor saying when she needs a hairdresser, she makes an appointment. So,
0: <laughs> wow. Uh. Um, harsh. Uh, so just quickly to wrap up that race, those three candidates are the top three. You actually covered a debate in Springfield among uh, for the U.S. Senate that none of those three candidates attended. You got the next three on the list. Uh, Mark McCloskey, a St. Louis attorney, of course, known for wielding his gun uh, against protesters, Congressman Billy Long, who you mentioned, and State Senate President. President. President Pro Tem Dave Schatz, are they all but out of this? Or do you think uh, any of them have a chance Uh, of of rising back up? Any of them have a chance, especially should Trump
1: make an endorsement. McCloskey campaigned for Trump in 2020. He has touted polling that shows when people realize that he's the guy who had the gun in the confrontation with the Black Lives Matter protesters. He shoots to the top. So you can expect to see Mm -hmm. that in in the advertising he's doing. Dave Schatz has got $2 million of his own money he's put into the campaign. So clearly, he doesn't think that this is a futile effort because that's his own money. And there are 21 other candidates, 21 total candidates (laughs) on the race. And once again, you know, you got a bunch of people who have no money but think lightning will strike.
0: That was Rudy Keller, reporter with the Missouri Independent. I spoke with him on KCUR's Up to Date. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast from KCUR Studios is produced by Trevor Grandin and Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To follow Rudy Keller's work, visit MissouriIndependent.com to keep up with all the latest Missouri and Kansas government and politics news, Or to hear our programming, visit kcur.org, the home of Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again tomorrow.